Joe Biden raped me and I'll vote for him. Hello and welcome to episode number 63 of the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the grocery deliveries are getting quicker, but we're still told we can't leave the house for, well, I don't know, ever, maybe. And from America's left coast, where it's 35 miles to Seattle, we've got an expensive tank of gas. We're going half the speed limit. It's raining and we're wearing sunglasses. I'm Ryan Bemrose expensive gas no that was all supposed to be coming down are they charging you more (laughs) yes charging you more in seattle well i i think i've mentioned this before but there's there's two things that that conspire to keep gas high at at my local station uh with the rest of the country gas is dropping into the negative practically uh it's still like 325 a gallon here Wow. And uh, the two things that conspire, one is there's no pipeline of any type that comes into the Pacific Northwest. All of our fuel comes in on tanker ships that all come into the port and then is refined up north at basically one refinery and then and then trucks down the freeway. Uh, And that's all of Western Washington and Oregon. So it's there's no effective supply chain. You can't ramp up supply at all. and then the other problem, of course, is that this state is on the left coast and therefore has incredibly high taxes on everything, including luxuries such as being able to get to your job and back. Well, if you owned a gas it's, station, you'd be like, well, if I can keep the prices high, why wouldn't I do so at all? You really like anything else you uh, depend upon no, gas station, like, like every small business gas station owners are going out of business these days. Well, that's they, they can't. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they there's that yeah yeah and then and then the best part about it is when the uh the uppity elites in seattle are all like well you know if you guys don't want to sit in all this traffic why don't you just move to the city and then you look in you're like okay yeah sure what's what's a one-bedroom studio apartment in the city gonna go for oh yeah because i've got an extra six thousand dollars a month sure (laughs) well it is interesting because the the viewpoint of the people on the left has always been to bring people into the cities, into the metropolitan areas, because that's the life they want overall. And there are some things that get more convenient. People are easier to handle, if you will, when everybody's in a small area. With that said, we're now seeing what happens when you have a pandemic, the everybody being on top of each other, those conveniences like, Wow, I have all these great stores. I have all these great restaurants. I have all these great clubs just walking distance. What does that do for you now? It it, it kind of makes you wonder if if cities were really so okay, there there really are tangible benefits to increasing population density. For example, uh it, getting everything in walking distances there's there's definitely health benefits to not having to own a car there's uh a, a lot of infrastructure benefits like your utilities are a hell of a lot easier to run when the density is higher uh it, but at the same time cities historically only reached a certain density and then no more and one of the major reasons uh was sanitation was 
uh, when you get that many humans together, they create waste and then they stew in that waste and then they uh, get diseases from that waste. Now, back in the day, that was mostly sewage, uh, which if you count the political ideas from the left, then that's still what Seattle is doing in a lot of sewage. But, but in this case, I think that the, the virus is a fine example. <laughs> It is. And that is what the talk is now is what's going to happen in places, especially like New York, a little bit less so Chicago. But it's a similar concept, which is people are going to want to get the hell out of the cities, including corporations and companies and get out to a less populated area. Because when you look at the United States and I'm assuming anywhere worldwide when it comes to this pandemic the places that are hit hardest are the cities the places that are hardest to reopen are the cities and the places that have very little issue with this are the ones where people aren't stacked on top of each other and the virus didn't spread anywhere near as quickly or anywhere near as far so it makes the case for all these, you know, all this flyover space, they call it in the United States between, you know, New York and California, I think is about to become much more important. And I mean, the intriguing thing is these leftists, again, I still see people like uh, Steve Earle, who's a big leftist. I like his music, has a new album coming out where on one end. And with a name like Earl, how can you not? (laughs) One uh, nice thing is. When he was talking about this new album, it is about a coal mining disaster where a bunch of people died, you know, a couple of decades ago. In West oh, that's Virginia. a lot of fun. It is. But, you know, that's he's a storyteller, which he does a really okay. good job at that. But he said, you know what? He wanted to make an album that was for more or less the people that didn't vote the way that he did. He said one of the biggest problems are assholes like me, his words, that think every person that voted for trump is nothing but a racist and everything else he's like and that's not true and we have to open up a dialogue so for that part i will applaud him because that is absolutely true that and and you should support him because he's about to get canceled by the left for saying such (laughs) hateful things he may be i mean i saw mother jones covered it so i don't know uh what that does for for steve earl i mean he's still very much on the left but You have to realize that to get anything done, you have to negotiate with the other side unless you really have a gun to hold them up with, which is what governments do. But when you're talking about what's going on right now, the interesting thing is states like California, that there's already some political experts and you can put the air quotes around them because experts have been wrong about everything when it comes to this pandemic. But there's some people that are speculating these lockdowns in California might actually have a chance to flip the voting Republican, which would be insane. California hasn't gone Republican in decades, but the California people are looking at the Democrats that are running the state going, we're locked down for how long and why? Well, uh, better late than never, I suppose. Uh, uh holy fuck where have you assholes been the last 30 years enjoying the california weather? has been going down a shithole for of mismanagement for as long as i've been around in, in fact california has been hemorrhaging middle class for as long as i've been around 
and one of the places where they leave when they can't handle all of the ridiculous Democrat mismanagement in California is they come up here to Washington and then they vote fucking Democrat. I get, I, you know, for the first time in my life, thanks to this COVID bullshit and Jay fucking Inslee, um, I, for the first time in 45 years, I am actually thinking about leaving my home state where I was born because this place is a shithole. This place has gone full Nazi. You never go full Nazi. Uh, they are, uh, you know, the, the Stasi is reporting people for being out in the streets without their, their slave coverings on the, uh, the dictator is coming out with, I, I shit you not. They are called govern governor's proclamations. Like he's a fucking King. There's, you know, so the, the latest one is, is proclamation 52 something, something, uh, that it describes the, uh, his four stage plan for slowly returning some of the rights that they've infringed. Uh, you know, the, these plans, at least in the left coast states, you can never be as simple as just open up or the citizens might accidentally forget whose boots been on our necks the whole time. Uh, and more importantly, if they open it up and the entire world doesn't immediately crumble, then people might turn around and look at them and go, wait, you fucked up bad. And, and they can't handle that. Well, the, uh, the, guy, the only the guy that started barstool sports went on a long rant somewhere and he made a really good point. He said, when this all started, the mantra that we were told was we need to do this in order to flatten the curve. He said, when did flatten the curve turn into until we find a cure or a vaccine? That wasn't well, what we were told. But but they have altered the deal. Pray that they do not alter it further. Well, that yeah, right. And you look <laughs> at California. Well, it's interesting in California because the governor there was like, nope, all the beaches are closed and it got their first you know, couple really warm days and people flocked to the beach to where the governor went, well, OK, we'll, we'll let the beaches open, but we'll have social distancing, yeah. which was basically the governor realizing he got no control of the people yeah, yeah. if they want to go out in mass. But you hear you're, we're going to we're going to open the beaches, but you're not allowed to use them, slaves. Right. <laughs> you can't go. You, and, you can you can go near the beaches and then look at them from the parking lot. Well, when guys like Joe Rogan are openly opining about moving to Texas, which maybe Adam Curry really got yeah. into his head or, when he did the show. Huh? Or, or Elon Musk. Yeah. Saying that was another fun one. Get the hell out of California. Well, Musk, I mean, I have to. I don't like everything he does, but I will applaud any guy that opens up his factory and say, well, if you're going to come arrest anybody, just arrest me because I'm the boss. And yeah. things have to start opening up. We are going to see, and I posted this on the bird site the other day, you know, to try to add some kind of sanity to the conversation, which is you got the left saying everybody has to stay home or we're all going to die and get sick. You have the right saying it's time to open up because we got to reboot the economy. Everything will be fine. We don't know which of those is right until we try. To I've got a pretty up. good idea. Yeah, well, I do, too, but you don't know for sure until you. <laughs> and, start and I'm opening. an expert, you know, you are an expert at everything I've heard. Oh, no, I'm just an expert. <laughs> wait, no, because because when some whenever a news report says experts say that blah, 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 then 
you uh, that's me I, I i say blah 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 and you should believe me exactly as much you should believe everything that i say without any question exactly as much as you believe the experts on cnn or msnbc or fox news because when they come out and say experts warn that you're going to die of a fart infarction then you you need to believe that exactly as much as you believe anything else that is presented with zero sources and zero information to back it up if you too would like to be an expert and an accredited expert, you can for only $99.95 from the Bemrose Institute at grumpyoldbens.com. We will send you a certificate. It doesn't have to be it didn't have to be a particular amount. In fact, you know what? No agenda has nights. Maybe, maybe Grumpy Old Benz has experts. <laughs> we will be the yes a certified expert that could be an uh, interesting yeah. way to Do- go donations and- over a certain amount can be certified experts and i announced this on our mailing list yesterday and you can sign up by going to grumpyoldbenz.com that we will not be calling people that haven't donated douchebags a la no agenda that's their thing and that seemed a little bit rude overall when thinking about it <laughs> so since we are kind of a tech-based show I figured a better thing and probably a bigger insult to the dude's name, Ben, and the dudette's name, Bernadette, out there. Rather than calling you a douchebag if you haven't donated to Grumpy Old Ben's, we will now refer to you as script kitties. And I think that yeah, works. That works. I that that works, especially since the word douchebag is one that I will pass around freely toward most of the people that I rant against. And and I do not rant against our producers, even if they haven't, even if they only listen and haven't donated because they are still absorbing our our knowledge and our uh, cast off angry feelings. Any wisdom? Not all of them are that angry we're, that we're casting yes. off. Well, if if there's accidentally any wisdom in this show, just point it out because I'm getting I'm trying to get. It's it's a character flaw of mine that I occasionally accidentally impart wisdom, and I'm trying to fix that. Now, to be an expert, I mean, it, it's something that's very important in our current society. And appearing Thursday on CNN's coronavirus facts and figures town hall program was an expert that the world can rally around. Yes, Greta Thunberg was on. <laughs> and, There's an expert if ever I've seen one. Well, she's. She's morphed from being a climate change expert into being a coronavirus expert overnight. That is how good she is. I was wondering, maybe she got this through the Bemrose Institute. And that, that's she, she is incredibly versatile. She is. Incredibly- she, she is an expert in, in whatever it is that they want her to guilt people over. Well, and, and as long as she doesn't finish puberty, because that would really ruin her rep. She's 16 or 17. I'm hoping she's finished puberty. <laughs> but i I mean i don't know they won't take her out of those pigtails yeah because that's the look but every 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 photo op she has to be in in the same in the same style that she had when she was 11 well yeah you got to go with your brand you don't want to outgrow the brand they're probably giving her like hormones to keep her from you know keeping to progress but uh probably uh, you think she's on transgender hormones maybe i don't know try to arrest her i don't i don't know all i'm saying is that i know she's 17 but they have worked very hard to make sure that she still looks 13 or 14 to give her the right amount of credibility when she's shaming you for not jumping on whatever social cause she's championing this week well that's it because you need she like the 
you know, the Vienna Boys Choir, once you're, you know, once your stones drop and you can no longer sing there, you're, you're just tossed out. Greta, you know, you need the face to be the kid. Once she starts maturing, she's out and she knows that. So she's going to do whatever she can to, to keep look. Cause really, would you, you're looking at a college girl, you're going, well, I'm not going to listen to you, but you know, if a little like 14, 15 year old girl, that's got the heartstrings pulling and all that. But the quote from well, Greta I, that, I mean, with the college girl, it depends on what she's saying and, and whether or not I think I have a chance, but. right? I mean, well, you're going to listen and you'll pretend that you believe what she's saying, but, uh, that's a completely different story. I mean, if Greta grows up and turns out to be, you know, like a stunning looking model, then you know, maybe you're in on climate change. Is that what you're saying? I, I can pretend I can fake it. <laughs> you know, probably everybody too. who's listened to me is, has, has heard me faking my positions quite effectively. And in fact, you, you probably have no idea what I really believe on most topics because uh, I, I fake it so well. Right. That's gotta be it. That's no, maybe i don't know it all depends you're an enigma wrapped up in some other kind of weird insane rapper but greta the quote yeah, very loud one was the reason i pulled this article and put it onto the docket to talk about because it just it, it just made my heart warm people are starting to realize that we are actually depending on science and that we need to listen to scientists and experts <laughs> yeah yeah there's those experts again well one you're an expert. So, I mean, yes, that, that question makes me question experts right there. Scientists. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I, scientists, you're, you're learning the ones that told yeah. us what three million were going to die or more were going to die. And then it went down to two million. Then it went down to maybe five hundred thousand. And then it went down to, well, maybe a hundred thousand. I mean, those scientists who have been wrong over and over and over and over again, those are the people we should believe. Right, Greta? Well, uh, no, <laughs> that is the problem. I, if you know, I, I mean, you what, that, if the people that, that, that argument came out, is the science is a, it, if they would have came that out, that argument is a massive amount of of appeal to authority with a great deal of appeal to emotion, and then just for shits and giggles, some equivocation and false dichotomies thrown in. And once you get past all of the fallacies, she's not saying anything at all. No. And now with the scientists, if the if the models that were originally came out were even within 20 percent of being accurate, I'd go, wow, they really knew what they were talking about. But they weren't even close. I, I, I can use I can use a set of dice to try to predict what the temperature is going to be tomorrow. And if I roll enough times, then I'm going to have a model that totally accurately predicts the temperature. I mean, you're you're into D&D, &D, so isn't that how you pretty much rule your whole life anyway? Like 20 sided dice, like what should I have for lunch? Let's no, see. I'm I'm a dungeon master. That's how I rule other people's lives. <laughs> I should have known you can't take you can't take anybody's uh, word on what you what happens to you. You want to be the one pulling the strings. I get it. Yeah, well, that that that, that should have been clear. Is that really the more fun part of the game to be the person in control to, rather to than hold the group? To, to hold everybody else's fate in your hands and know that you can crush them with just a thought. You want to, I don't play, know. Ask Jay Inslee. You want to play God much? Oh, well, yeah. And that is the problem that these democratic governors that were the ones all on board calling Trump a fascist are the ones grabbing the power. And I mean, it's oh, yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. We got red states all across the country. Yeah. Okay. Pandemic's over. Go ahead and open up. Just 
make sure you wash your hands and and don't cough on each other. We're good. Uh, blue states all across the country have uh, four stage plans, and I, uh, I went and read Inslee's four stage plan, and I, I wish I hadn't because it made me angry. And y- you know how I am when I'm angry. You just you calm. probably don't. You, you, you probably you don't know how yourself. I am any other way. Yeah. Um, the the latest one, the the big one is uh, that uh, we are. It, it is possible. Okay. The four stage plan. They are looking to go through these stages, and I posted to No Agenda Social uh, a graphic that has all of the stages, and this is a wall of goddamn text because it is so complicated. Uh, it's it's not significantly unlike that eight hundred step plan you were talking about a couple weeks ago, um, but in order to progress through the stages. We have to wait a minimum of three weeks, and then the governor and state health officials decide whether or not it's safe enough to move to the next stage. And what this really means is that um, they're not opening up the state parks by the time that I've got this off-the-grid vacation scheduled in July. There's no fucking way. Because Um, it's really dangerous to be outside in nature nowhere near anybody else. Exactly. You know, camping in a tent apart from everyone else is is a great way to, uh, I, I don't know, it's exchange viruses with the local wildlife. I'm not sure. Uh, but the big the big news story that came out this week was, uh, you know, talking about the potential that we might go to stage two on time, which is like end of May. And stage two allows restaurants to open it up, open up with 25 percent capacity. But Everybody who sits down to eat in the restaurant, the restaurant has to track, take down their name, phone number, and address. Now, the question is, how it, do you verify keep it in a list that the well, uh, theoretically, when the government decides that they want to come and collect that list for the purpose of, say, figuring out who dines in a particular restaurant so that they can persecute them or. Um, right. But then I worked at Radio Shack, so I got a lot of different answers when you used to come in and you wanted people's names or phone numbers. So if you're walking into a restaurant there and they're like, hey, OK, we need your name. And you're like, screw you. Or, you know, you yeah. make up whatever your name. You're John Fletcher from now on. Well, I, I was thinking that every restaurant I go into, I'm Jay Inslee. <laughs> <laughs> like, would you, are you his kid? You're like illegitimate. And then you could be on the sure. news. <laughs> Daddy, Maybe. daddy, let yeah. us out. Jay, Jay Inslee Jr. has been eating in all these restaurants. <laughs> He's been frequenting a lot of strip clubs and making a lot of issues. Well, and, and my wife can be Jenny and our phone number that we put down will be eight seven eight six seven five three oh nine. Yeah, you screwed that one up. <laughs> I mean, no, there's no fucking way that I'm going to give honest information to that sort of thing. I don't go in for that kind of tracking. It's in fact, horrible. I may not take any id because i i would not be surprised in the least if a lot of restaurants don't don't ask for your name they're just going to take your id and write down the details from it and i don't i don't go in for that right which and, which would be even worse but i can see that being more likely i what i what i really envision for the restaurants is they're going to be forced to use an app which is going to take a photo or most licenses now, I know Illinois has a barcode oh, yeah. on it. They're going to be forced to scan that, and that's the only way you're going to get into a restaurant. The only people that are going to be exempt are children under the age of 16 who don't normally have IDs, but then you're going to have to go in with an adult, and that's how this is all going and, to go. And, and I- here's 
Here's the real problem with that. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I just I was like, I feel bad for restaurants. You know, people that own restaurants, yeah. it, they've had a hard enough time as it is now having to deal with tracking their customers and annoying their customers after they get to reopen at any level, and, which is and that was and that was going to be exactly my point, too, is that the people harmed the most by this are the restaurants because they've just suffered uh, three months, two months, however much with no customers at all. So, you know, that the ones that are still able to open are running on fumes for their savings accounts. And now they're not going to be able to pack their they're not going to be able to fill the restaurant They're you know they're going to have to turn people away after 25 percent capacity and they're going to have to take all of these measures that you know I, i'll tell you what if i want to go to a restaurant and they want to look at my id just to dine i'm turning around and walking out the fucking door i'm not going to put up with that and that doesn't hurt the government who are the ones who are imposing this it hurts the restaurant Although uh, I am in that case incentivizing restaurants to not fucking check ID and maybe just ask for my name because then I can just say Jay Inslee and then go in and eat. But the restaurants are the ones being screwed by this because they are not the ones wanting to implement these extremely inconvenient requirements. But yeah, I'm I'm. I, I've just had two months of getting used to not going to restaurants. I can continue that a little bit longer if it means being able to keep some of my privacy and not go on a bunch of government lists where now they've, they're tracking what kind of food I eat. Well, yeah, and we both know how to cook, which is actually a, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a white first world problem. That's the well, we were bored. We'll go out and eat once or twice a week, which is what we were normally doing. And now it's like, well, you know what? It's healthier to cook at home. It's to make your own food. You know, if you, as long as you can get meat and everything from the grocery store, which seems to be leveling out. So that's a good thing. But there are restaurants around here that I like that we used to go to, you know, a couple of times a month, at least that I haven't bought anything from. And I feel bad. I kind of feel like the douchebag, but I order from our local pizza place, which does delivery. But I don't know. I would, I find it. As much as I want to help those restaurants, it's way easier for me to cook at home rather than get in a car, drive somewhere, order the food, wait, or even if you order it in advance, pick it up and come home. The convenience factor kind of it disappears. And for that, it makes the whole thing disappear to me because it's like it's not worth it. I can make a steak at home. I can make a burger at home. I don't need to go out for so that. So random hypothetical question. Will will you still feel this way when they start requiring ID and and lists of shoppers when you go to a grocery store? Well, I haven't been in a grocery store since this started. I have tried out. <laughs> oh, so they already have your list? Well, no, because I don't even go in. I'm the I'm the just bring it to me. That's that's the new that's my new yeah, lazy so, thing. So whoever brought it to you is already tracking what you what you shop for, right? Maybe maybe that's a big difference because uh, when I go to the grocery store for just a couple items, uh, I. I you know, I'll walk through and then they'll be like, uh, OK, you know, what, what's your phone number for the, the rewards club? And I'll just make up some phone number or give one that, you know, because I, I don't give mine. And then they'll be like, OK, and, uh, you know, how are you paying cash? OK. And and then, the you know, every attempt to give them my identity for. No, they don't need that shit, especially because I'm always buying liquor. But 
You know, that happens. Yeah. Our Chirac brother, Digi Guru in the troll room. And if you're not in the troll room, when we do these shows live at 11 a.m. Central, noagendastream.com, you're missing out. Asked when the last time I was physically in a grocery store, and I believe it was somewhere around March 9th or 10th was the last time I was in a grocery store. Well, this restaurant thing is is just yet another contradiction with, with regards to various policies especially around this authoritarian power grab that we're experiencing um you know the these people are okay with forcing people to show id in order to eat at a restaurant but they're not okay with people forcing people to show id to vote right that's well uh, that's a different thing that's that's like that's the same the same type of mindset as as we're letting people out of prison because of COVID, but then we're throwing right. business owners in prison because they tried to open during COVID or, uh, you know, in California where, uh, you have to wear a mask and, and can be penalized by walking around on the street without your slave mask on because of COVID. But meanwhile, it's perfectly legal and acceptable to knowingly pass HIV onto somebody because we don't want to shame people for having HIV. And I will say on the grocery thing, I will give props this week to Aldi, which I tried once before, but they had no meats. So we canceled the order, placed an order with Aldi this week on Tuesday at 10 minutes to noon, went in, went to their website, got a whole normal week's worth of groceries for the wife and I placed the order at 10 minutes until noon at 1245. The guy was dropping the stuff off under an hour from placing the order to groceries being at your doorstep that was fantastic you don't you don't happen to live next door to it do you no about eight minutes away i guess would be about right uh so so they should have had it within 10 what the hell's wrong with these people (laughs) you get a little bit faster going through it's interesting because that's the only one that shows you item by item as they're picking it oh got this got this got this and the only thing they didn't have was a pack of uh like m&m reese's peanut butter cookies or something it's like well i didn't need that anyway but you know if you're shopping online you may as well get that kind of stuff but as far as letting people out of prison o'reilly bill o'reilly was talking about that the other night in new york where they let a bunch of people like a thousand plus people out of prison because you know coronavirus is a death sentence for the people in prison which i still don't get over seven percent of them have been picked up on more crimes over seven percent already are, are, we're picked up on committing crimes i mean it's what, re- recidivism with with today's prison society you don't say can you believe that that the guys they let out of prison because of coronavirus went out and committed more crimes i mean wow this is almost like they should have been in prison so i'm gonna go on a completely side topic and and stomp on a political hot button here because that's what i like to do and just throw out my position on capital punishment uh, you said it's a death sentence to leave somebody in prison and at the same time some of those prisons are so poorly managed and the conditions are so bad it could be a death sentence to leave them in too so my position on the death sentence is uh i don't personally think that there are any crimes for which death is the appropriate punishment however under a certain set of circumstances where you honestly believe that a person can never be returned to society and can never become a valid or or useful member of your society and can never be turned around 
then life in prison is worse it in in every way in in cost in terms of you know what you're doing to the person I, if if you honestly believe that someone is irredeemable then then kill them that's, that's effectively what you're doing however the flip side of that is if you do believe that someone can be redeemed then fucking do it and let them out that the 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 halfway bullshit where we have here where we're like yeah you know you've served your time and now you can get out but we we don't do anything to help anybody get back into society we do nothing we just treat them like dirt like slaves which they kind of are according to the 14th amendment and then we just release them out into the world with no skills and and a completely different mindset where they have to you know where crime is normal it and then uh you know the the other sex offenders for example where if you if you let somebody out like okay you've let them out of prison then then does that mean that they've done their time that they don't owe anything to, to society okay if so then stop putting their name on lists tracking them forever and and persecuting them the rest of their lives if you genuinely think that they can't ever be uh redeemed and they can't ever go back to a normal life don't do this bullshit crap where you're tracking them keeping them on lists and then sending everybody letters whenever they move into a neighborhood either let them live their life or kill them Th those are your options well the concept of rehabilitation in prisons is pretty much a joke there's no question about that well with today's prisons certainly you have the system, the way it kind of seems like it was set up, which is you could do almost anything once short of killing somebody and either get a commuted sentence or a very short sentence. Um, but once you have shown a pattern, I need to try that with my speeding ticket. <laughs> it's just like, hey, I never, never got one of these before. Uh, can I, you know, yeah. but, but that I get, you know, the sex offender thing is a especially when you have children involved when you let somebody like that out and they commit another offense the, the question really becomes if they're not getting any help for their you know whatever it is inside of them that is compelling them to do these things then they should probably never be let out because it's just a ticking time bomb yeah. of you know they're going to do it again we're going to pick them up again but that person they get the second time isn't going to be real happy with that situation just because oh, went, uh, certainly they paid their time and, and you you dev i mean you don't want repeat criminals on the streets but th there are only two logically consistent positions here either you come up with a way to reintegrate the person into society and if so then do that which might involve counseling and it might involve uh you know better uh determining whether or not the person is is going to you know, I mean, you can't go into the pre-crime area, but but you either fully reintegrate the person or you just remove them from society completely. And and I'm sorry, you're done. You you had your chance. You fucked it up too many times. Just goodbye. And then and then give them the injection or the the hanging or the electric shock or, you know, what would be cruel and unusual enough for that? Send them to the death UK. By, death by child rape. I don't know. <laughs> I was just going to say send them to the UK, but uh I mean, well, that's uh, well, I mean, if they go to the parliament building, that might be the same thing. You never know. But yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I understand why people are against the death penalty 
And it's always interesting to see the people that can follow through with that when somebody they know, family member, good friend gets killed, gets murdered. And then you're like, well, you know, do you? St-? it's always easier from the outside to stand on that moral high ground. And that's what makes it a, you know, a very difficult subject to broach with a lot of people because it is such an emotional thing. But you have to look at as a society, you need for there to be some kind of law and order. If there's not, I mean, you're seeing what's going on right now that, I mean, you do need prisons. AOC, the concept like, well, we shouldn't have prisons. We should be putting all of this money towards making sure people don't commit those crimes. And that is such a fallacy that even in the <laughs> uh, yeah, utopia, all you have to do is see the future. Right. And and then create the, the Bureau of Future Crime. Yeah. And to believe in that fallacy that even if we have a utopia, whatever that may entail for these people, that then if there's utopia, these people will never want to commit crimes. I mean, if if everybody if there's no such thing as money and possessions, well, well, OK, then you can't rob them. But you're always going to have sexual assaults. You're always going to have people getting pissed because their wife is sleeping with somebody or their boyfriend is sleeping with somebody and people are going to blow each other's brains out or bludgeon them with a bat if they don't have it. You're never going to get to no crime. So you have to figure out a way to deal with the crime. See, your, your utopia would work fine as long as you just don't add humans. Right. Everything is better without humans. It works. That's, that's Bill Gates motto. Although animals will also have this, I mean, any animal we have to, I think, kill anything that has legs and can walk because any of those in any ecosystem, there's fighting, there's people, you know, animals going after each other, just like people go after Uh, each other. It's not just animals. Uh, I I could tell you a story. There's, there's a couple of different types of, of trees that grow around here where I live. Trees are literally grow like weeds. And uh, they're constantly in combat with each other. Uh, There's the alder trees, for example, which don't do very much, but they grow really freaking fast. So so they rely on speed. They get to a patch of dirt and they just grow really tall, really fast and try to be the first ones there. And then there's the maple trees, which are are slower growing, but they're really hard to kill, which means that, uh, you know, for example, if you take a maple and you cut it down to the ground, but you don't delete the stump, then that maple stump is going to throw off shoots. And within three years, what you've got is a Hydra cluster of six maple trees all coming out of the same stump nice. that you have to cut down. And then in um, about 10 or 20 years, I have a really nice guitar. It, yeah, maybe. And then, you know, there's the fir trees that uh, they're slow growing and, uh, but they, they're the, they have the deepest tap roots and they're the tallest. And so uh, in, in a mature forest, they're the canopy, which means they get most of the light or at least as much as they want. And then there's the cedar, which uh, is technically it's called a Western false cedar because it's not the same as the cedar trees you get in the east. But um, these are the interesting ones. And these are these are the real dickheads of of the trees because they've got a really shallow, wide root ball. Uh, They grow fairly tall, not as tall as the firs, but certainly higher than the alders or maples. But they have a wide, shallow root ball that goes into the ground and then spreads really far, like a good 15 or 20 feet. And then they have needles that drop every year. Um, these needles are acidic. They, they actually have acid in the needles so that when the needles are decaying on the soil underneath the tree, it poisons the soil so that no other trees can grow nearby. 
and then the roots stretch out and the it's it's a dense flat mat of roots that's near the surface which means the roots stretch out and whenever water is soaking in from the soil on the top the cedar roots will get to it before it can go down deeper to the other trees and so you saying that anything in the animal kingdom are the only they're the only creatures that are total dicks to each other the cedars are the douchebag of the trees around here nature is messed up yo yeah nature uh, nature is fucking metal (laughs) yes these things they are i mean seriously the chemical warfare from the trees on other uh, other trees that's that's pretty hardcore yeah that is i mean nature finds a way to do what it wants to do which is why when you have something like this coronavirus i mean where are you on the whole masks issue because we were told originally yeah, you're an idiot wearing mask. It might only catch a few things. Um, you know, Dr. Fauci, the, the god of all doctors, originally was saying, well, you know, if you're in a hospital or something, that makes sense. Otherwise, no. And we went very quickly from there's no reason to cover your mouth to people getting beatdowns in places like New York, where if you go out without a face covering, it's causing a major issue. And for me, the science does not back anything up the only thing i believe the masks are doing is possibly keeping somebody that has the virus or any virus from spreading it to somebody else through their breath that is all and 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 making healthy people sick by making sure that they marinate in whatever low level virus is that their system is successfully fought off right And that is Uh, not good. You're getting less oxygen, which you need oxygen to live, believe it or not. And you need oxygen to fight off a virus or anything else. So your O2 level is one of these vital things. If you uh, go with the virus, that's one of the things that's really attacking uh, some people. Their O2 levels go way down. So if you get one of those little things they put on your finger at the doctor's office, you can get them for like 20 or 30 bucks. We got one to review a couple of years ago and it's like well it's good to have it'll show you your heart rate it'll show you your o2 level for this virus it's pretty important if you get sick to to look at that because your o2 level could go down without you for some reason with this virus even realizing it which is scary but as far as catching the virus a we heard the story because our buddy adam curry over on the no agenda show was talking about having an eye infection and immediately after no agenda i go on to drudge and the headline was you could get this covid through your eyes and i'm like oh. uh-huh i'm like Dude, sure if somebody spits in your eye not you're not even. breathing through your eyes so you're not sucking in much in the way of, yes, of viruses but, but it can be in the air and there is a story today from a california sure. biopharmaceutical um no no that's that's a different story a uh, infectious disease expert I don't know where he was from, but believes he caught the coronavirus through his eyes on a packed flight where he was wearing a mask and he was wearing gloves and he wiped everything down. But he believes that's in other news, uh, you know, researcher who happens to be human decides that he wants some free press and so comes up with a sensationalist story, which may or may not be true to well, try to get attention true. i believe it's true because they're saying it, like about 30 percent have an eye infection which would make yeah. sense that's where it's coming in and think about that if and, this uh, will go every, in every to your eye 
then who cares about masks? You need goggles, too. If the ma- if you're going to wear masks, you may as well wear goggles. You have to, because otherwise you have just as good of a chance of inhaling the virus as you do if it landing on your eyeball and then you've got it. You, you, you don't. You you don't. Here's here, here's the thing about the eyeball thing. Uh, you your your mouth and nose, your respiratory system is actually designed to exchange air at relatively high volumes given our body mass with the outside world we we consume a lot of the air around us bring it into our bodies where it's deposited on mucous membranes and then expel it back out we we do that all the time you don't exchange air with your eyeballs in fact your eyeballs the the main reason why your eyeballs have to stay moist on the outside is because there's no direct connection between the outside of your eyeball and your circulatory system or or internal system so the probability of getting it no you are not equally as likely it, you know at the same time you know walking outside and taking a stray photon from the sun which i got to admit with with these beautiful clouds that we've got here today is not something that i'm in danger of but just walking outside uh, a, a sun a photon from the sun could hit a bit of your skin and suddenly spawn a cancer cell and now you've got a tumor going and you're going to die of cancer but i tell you what for any given photon the chance is not very fucking high you you are a whole lot more likely to catch a respiratory virus using your lungs than you are your eye yeah if somebody is is covid positive and and then spits in your eye that's not real good and and there's a good chance of but how often are you out and people are spitting in each other's eye. I mean, outside of the halls of Congress, I don't know where that happens. Well, there were two stories. One, I don't believe it has to be spitting in somebody's eye if it's in the air. It depends on your level of exposure. But there was a story out of the UK where an irate passenger did spit in the face of a conductor, female conductor. She was late 30s, early 40s. <laughs> That's not nice. He had coronavirus. She got it and died. Now, think about what this is doing as far as, you know, assault with a deadly weapon. Now spitting on somebody, it, it could be considered that, right? He should have done it in California where you can pass HIV to somebody and without having bothering to tell them. Uh-huh. I mean, this is adding a whole new level of screwed up to this virus that uh, people are dicks. There's no question about yeah. it. And it's getting <laughs> <Yes>. worse. <laughs> You know, it's a, okay. It's, so there's three situations where I will willingly wear a mask. Uh, one is when I'm going down a ski slope. Robbing one is when I'm cutting drywall, <laughs> and one is when I'm robbing a bank. <laughs> you asked me, would I wear a mask out in public? Well, not if I'm not doing one of those three things. I I, I don't do it. For one thing, you know, I have respiratory issues, asthma from way way back, and the oxygen concern is actually a real concern for me. And if I can't get enough oxygen through the mask i'm taking the damn thing off because hyperventilating is no fun uh i i i don't i i completely am i am in complete agreement with you on the the mask issue and it bothers me of course that this is part of the you know everybody it's required until we get to stage four to wear masks in public although fortunately the Inslee's proclamation doesn't have any enforcement for that and more importantly, I live in in a county where our uh, at least until he's recalled by all of the the 
scared idiots in this county. Um, he has said that he's not going to enforce anything unconstitutional, and I can really appreciate that. Sure. Um, well, well, we'll see, but it's good to, to know that somebody is like that. Do uh, have you heard? Have you heard about the? Uh, I, I I didn't bring an article for it, but have you heard about these scented masks? No, but I, I mean, I'm like sure going, they exist. Going out and like you buy masks, and it's it's like this is lavender flavored, or this is uh, you know I I, I don't know Are perfume. You I, the masks. I don't know. I, I, but you're breathing through it. That's got to be cloying. Well, yes. Any, any chemical, I mean, you have to be even careful. I mean, I've seen warnings like, you know, don't spray your masks with Lysol to try to disinfect them because then you're going to put them on your mouth and you're going to inhale the chemicals. That's not good. Not good at all for your, if you want your respiratory system to be screwed up, inhale some of that stuff and, uh, and see what that does for you. Well, no, don't. But it is. Uh, sorry my respiratory system screwed up i just inhaled some coffee i'm um, supposed to drink that I, I, i'm wondering if <laughs> I'm, I'm trying i'm wondering though if if we have the ability to make lavender scented masks then can we get custom flavors uh you know like uh i, I don't know some people are really into ketchup or something maybe, maybe you need to get ketchup flavored mask or um you know there's some people i would i would give i would go hand out free masks in the street and and say yeah these are these are scented they're they're custom well what's the flavor chloroform <laughs> well you, we've already learned how to make chloroform because of one of these covid stories um which i was thought was hilarious we talked about that in the previous episode i think or maybe it was random thoughts that they were like don't mix these chemicals when trying to clean and they mentioned the two chemicals that you and they're like because this will make chloroform and i'm like well, this is really doing good for people who oh, want that's to. That's helpful. Yeah, I mean, if I didn't know how to make well, chloroform, I, I do now. I, I mean, you know, for those people who weren't able to find a, a copy of the Anarchist Cookbook on a BBS back in the eighties, right? And I do. I'll give yeah. a, I'll give a plug to Random Thoughts, randomthoughts.com, dot R A N D U M B Thoughts, where, where we you covered, can find all kinds of terrorism tips. <laughs> right. We cover the story of the New York Post having the cutesy story about. The woman selling masks with a hole in it so you could get a straw end to ship your mojitos or whatever it was. And it's like, are you nuts? I mean, I, hey, that is just as effective at preventing you from getting this virus than the, the Wu-Tang flu. I, COVID is such a stupid name. Can we just call it the Wuhan flu like everybody else should? No, that's no. racist. We're not. Gonna, I'm OK with that. Yeah, I'm not going to put up I'm, my skin is already light colored. I'm as racist as you can get. A little more is not going to hurt anything. The city of Chicago. I saw this this morning, the data, which is the first time I have found this. And I would like to see this for much larger areas. But in the city of Chicago, uh, white people, only 20 percent COVID infections and deaths. It's hitting the black community, the Latin community. And it's going to be interesting to see how much of this is genetics or how much of this just is the area you're living in, how many people per home, how many people are taking this either seriously or totally not seriously at all. But those are some pretty big numbers for the city of Chicago that uh, it's going to be interesting to figure out exactly what's going on with this. And it's, it's a, all part of population control. Well, there there's no question that could certainly be a part of it i mean we talked about that before how the democrats get the black vote 
they love Planned Parenthood. And it's like, do you ever look up Margaret Singer and Planned Parenthood starting because they wanted to kill black babies? I mean, I just don't want to point that out, but uh, you might want to take <laughs> uh, then, a look at then that. You don't have to just ignore the past. Right. It's like one of it's like one of my favorite high school teachers always loved to say, he said, uh, you know, those that fail history are doomed to repeat it. Usually during summer school. <laughs> Is that where you were? Summer school? No, I mean, couldn't be. You ever do I, summer school? No, I, no. I, I, I did when I was in college because I wanted to graduate on time. There's a story there, too. There's always a something story. about a lot of drinking. Well, there you go. But right now, I mean, they, so, if, if you have alcohol, that could kill the coronavirus. Don't worry. Yes. Well, enough of it. Sure. If, <laughs> if you manage to pickle yourself. Hey, it, it's the funny thing about almost every disease is that the death of the host usually clears out the disease pretty well. Yes. And there are, and, and that's why that, by the way, is why Bill Gates vaccine is going to be so important to, for all of us is, uh, you know, it's going to be it. The active ingredient will be arsenic and, uh, it, it will make sure that it kills the virus in 80% of people. And the 20% of us that are left alive will be much better off because there'll be fewer people in the world. Right? Right. It depends on what, <laughs> what they're actually getting. I mean, that's the beauty of any of these medical things. You don't know what you're really being injected with, and you can go fully down that rabbit hole. I mean, there could be a conspiracy theory that every bit, every one of the vaccines is a tracker or something like that, and maybe it will be. And there's also the concept that, well, how do you know that the vaccine you're getting is the same as the other guy? Maybe they're injecting Latin people or black people with something completely different than the white guy. I hope I hope the vaccine is different than the one that they just injected the other guy, because I don't want them sucking the vaccine back out of him and then putting it into me. But see, no, those therapeutics work once somebody else has it. That's how they're treating people with. But there is good news. Like I mentioned, there's a California based bio biopharmaceutical company claiming they have an antibody that could shield the human body from the coronavirus and also flush it out of a system within four days a place is called sorrento therapeutics so i mean maybe go get some stock or is that legal to even say that um i did a search we're not we're not recommending stock tips we're just telling you to do it and we are not professionals but he is an expert so yes he's by him telling you not to do it that's what you should listen to not the fact that yes. there's a company that might have a cure for this and make billions of dollars overnight but I did a search. Yes, my, my, my standing recommendation about stock tips is that if here on Grumpy Old Ben's, we give a really good tip that would be a fantastic stock to purchase. I'm probably already doing it. And therefore, you shouldn't because I'm not an because I'm an expert, but I'm not a, a stock picker and we don't give financial advice. And more importantly, I don't want you competing with me. And if you do, 33 percent of the profit should come back to the grumpy old Ben show. But <laughs> yes, with that said, I did a search and I know this is early because they're saying they're announcing this today. But I found this article on uh, it was Fox or Breitbart and then did a search on CNN for Sorrento Therapeutics. Oddly enough, nothing, nothing at all. So uh, I know they're bad at news and they're bad at not presenting the how do you even do a search on CNN? There's a little there's a little uh, thing on the top, a little magnifying glass. You could do a search term and search their whole site, which is always interesting to me and, when a story. And, and is this any better than control F on their front page? Well, that's only on the front page. This will show even if they're burying the story, because that's sometimes they'll do that and be like, 
oh well you didn't see it on the front page but we buried it we never we didn't link to it or anything but it's see it's on our site if you do a search for it well, uh, all, all the most interesting stories are buried by not reporting on them the dr henry g i mean so must be chinese i'm just going to be racist there uh said we want to emphasize there is a cure there is a solution that works 100 percent if we have the neutralizing antibody in your body, you don't need the social distancing. You can open up a society without fear. Wouldn't that be nice? A society without fear again? That's utopia. I I think we're going to have to kill 80% of the leftists. <laughs> Only 80? Why? Will the, will the other 20 <laughs> wisen up when they see everybody else is going? Well, no, I don't like to stereotype people. So yes, I, I understand that that. There are, and and more importantly, I personally know people who, for some inexplicable reason, think that voting Democrat is is going to make things better. So they've got some kind of brain damage, but they're otherwise good people, and uh, they're not always living their lives in fear. Some of them are okay. It's funny how, uh, just like Republicans or conservatives or libertarians don't all vote as a block and aren't actually all. Uh, exactly the same person. Neither are the people on the left. Uh, for example, um, you know, you have uh, the lizards and the socialists, both of whom use the label Democrat, but who hate each other and stare daggers at each other through the halls of Congress. But they need to work together to get Uncle Joe no, to the White House. Uh, I actually find it to be both more advantageous and far more entertaining when they don't work together. Oh, I agree. I agree because when they're fighting amongst each other, they're not bothering the rest of the world. Uh, before we move on to Uncle Joe, the large quote on the Fox News page on this uh, Sorrento Therapeutics thing was Dr. G's quote is, this puts its arms around the virus. It wraps around the virus and moves them out of the body. Are they like putting little people inside of you that grab the virus? I mean, this. No, they're, they're probably like nano machines. Oh, that would be awesome little nanobots Actually, yes that would be really awesome and totally should be tested on somebody who's not me <laughs> come on there's no well, way there's no way that injecting millions of tiny machines into your body could possibly go wrong <laughs> well they could i'm sure they're wi-fi enabled or at least bluetooth where you could control them oh, while oh, they're good. in there <laughs> so they're hackable right i want to see okay i'll be hacking the doctor's computers okay so bemro's got the he got the dose okay cool yeah yeah like so you know so now somebody cuts you off in traffic and you're like oh you little bastard you pull out your phone you start entering in a console windows like i think that your pancreas needs to shut down for a few hours <laughs> well or just turn their vision off i mean it's two somewhat blind guys that's a thing to do while they're driving down the expressway at 90 miles well, not, an hour. not if they're in front of you well right be behind get in front of them mm-hmm. yeah with, make and- sure that you cut them off first like it's you get by and pass then yeah it's a very it's a system that we haven't quite thought the whole thing out again quite yet but uh, we're getting there we are getting so, there you want to do a story i've got i got one story and it's actually the last thing i have on this pandemic situation but Hit me i with wanted a story. to bring it up and, and it, it's kind of tied into the uh the restaurants having to track everybody who comes in um and it is uh Yet another unintended consequence of of these tracking things in New Zealand, uh, a woman walks into Subway, decides to get a sandwich. And like any restaurant, the Subway required her to write down her name, phone number and home address. 
And then she got her sandwich and left. And shortly thereafter, she started getting invites on Facebook, Instagram, all of the social networks from the guy behind the counter at Subway who pulled down her information. Um, so, uh, what, what you have is, uh, you, you are requiring uh, a restaurant worker to invade the privacy of everybody and you've got to just trust them that they're not going to use it for wrong. And this is, this is what uh, John and Adam would call a fractal, which is, is an incorrect use of the word, but frankly, I kind of like it anyway, of the entire problem with surveillance, which is giving up your personal data for one purpose. If you don't have safeguards that it can't be used for any other purpose, then it, it will be. You, you can't. You you can you cannot give up your name and put your name on a list at Subway and not expect the dude at Subway to be like, okay, let's see, this one was hot, this one wasn't, okay, this, okay, you know, she, oh, I got to definitely friend her, at, and then go through the list and just start stalking people. I'm I it, it, the home address was on that list, so it doesn't actually say that the dude wasn't. stalking her in real life or or you know hanging out around her house but that's possible um you you know you go in if you're a a rude karen in a restaurant the you know you just had to put down your name and home address and the person that you only tip two cents at the restaurant now knows that they can knows where where to send the swat team later um this is this is dangerous they also know where to go throw a brick through your window but this the concept of giving your information out was literally a bit in one of the impractical jokers episodes at a mall where they were offering in the food court, like a free something. If somebody signed up with a text to win, you know, it was okay. We're having a contest, you know, just give us your information. And immediately the guys started texting them like they were their friends. Like, Oh yeah. So <laughs> just weird, random comments. And it's like, this is exactly that somebody you gave your text to, for one purpose is now using it on a personal level. And that is one absolutely freaky, but I believe I mentioned this during the privacy episode, if I'm not mistaken, that we did a long, long time ago that when I worked at circuit city, their computer system, did, did, did you stock people online after getting I, their well, details? The internet wasn't really even Please a thing yes. yet. The oh. internet was just becoming a thing at that point. Cause this was back in, the early but you 90s. worked in a technology store selling audio, right? So I was, you, you had to be good at stalking people. You did. You had to be good at stalking people. And I mean, again, I had growing up way before that, the trash 80 color computer, the modems, the bulletin boards and all of that. But when the circuit city system launched here in Chicago, it was a new business, you know, in Chicago there, this was the first circuit cities in the area that they existed elsewhere on the West Coast is where they came from, I believe, and in Virginia. So they were all over. And your customer database was there for your taking. I mean, all you had to do was go in and you could look up any customer with just their name. And I remember looking up like five or six playmates and four of them were on there. It's like, holy crap, don't use your real name when posing for Playboy <laughs> or anything. No. And it was. No. It, it, yeah. It was amazing. It's like, okay, so here's your name, address, and phone number. So much for privacy. Everybody that works at this retail store 
can look you up if you bought something there. And, and I just give that as a cautionary tale that whenever somebody uses the excuse, you, they say, oh, well, please give up your data. It will only be used for this <laughs> bullshit that that's not how that works. If you've given up your data, you've given up your data and you no longer have control over how it is being used. The only bit of control that you have is whether or not you give it up. That's it. Because as soon as somebody in the government has your data, you're in a database and that database is cross-referenced by any agency that knows how to fill out the proper 47 forms uh, in, in triplicate. I mean, government's not efficient, but they do share information. Um, if you give your information to Subway, you can't just say, well, this information should only be for telling me if I get, you know, get the COVIDs because somebody coughed on my sandwich. Um, that information is there and Subway will use it however Subway does. Now, just because corporate Subway probably didn't approve of this particular use of that data. Uh, as a, a representative of the company, the this dude behind the counter had access to it. That's how they're going to do it. Right. Don't ever trust somebody who says, oh, we won't do that later once you give them the keys to the castle. The data is there. And yes, Harry Hamster, uh, Circuit City, where service is state of the art. It wasn't long after looking up one of those playmates that uh, she was actually calling me. But that's a whole different story i started doing i started doing websites Humble brag yeah where i started doing websites for a few different playmates but i didn't use that information to contact them i just went through the interwebs and uh but yeah that information being there was was kind of creepy once you start looking back on that and there were a lot of people you know any kind of celebrity because back then you're like well this is safe it's a company database i don't care if you're you know steven spielberg or whoever you walk into Circuit City to buy your big screen TV and they're like, your name? Oh, okay. Most people weren't uh, weren't giving aliases or anything at that point. No, of course not. But I, uh, I, I've, I've told the story about how even at the Microsoft cafeteria, when they asked you your name at the grill, because they just wanted to be able to call out the name when the order was done. Right. And uh, I gave a different name every single day. <laughs> Did they catch on to this or? Uh, oh, oh, well, they, it, I mean, it was pretty obvious. The, was there a the woman who worked. The woman who worked the grill got, pretty much figured out real early that uh, the same face was coming in and, and you know, we banter back and forth. So I was noticeable, but that I had a different name every day. In fact, it was probably four or five months later that she ended up asking one of the people she saw me come in with and said, what is his name? <laughs> And the dude says, it's Ryan. <laughs> and then so she she comes up to me and I'm like, you know, that day, that next day I was Ivan or something. And she says, you mean Ryan? I said, no, today I'm Ivan. <laughs> Surprised your friend just didn't say, oh, asshole. That, that's all we know him as. Uh, we don't go by anything else. I, You know, kind of. I tell you what, I was pretty damn memorable by the end of that one. <laughs> You're pulling Cause, a cause how many people do. It, it wasn't it wasn't a good way to be incognito or anonymous but it was it entertained me which was really i, I mean 85 percent of what i do is because it entertains me right you could have just picked one alias and stuck with that but yeah no. and then that would have been a lot more incognito you had to push the I mean, as long as i picked something something a little less identifying than sir bemrose but you're like meta world peace and i'm like what i don't know jay-z uh no a lot of places if if i don't care a lot of places i'll be jim jim is a pretty common name it, it works for everyone but the uh but the x is silent uh there was a, a guy that plays on the white Sox. 
his name is uh carlos but he changed his uh he changed his name to oh now i'm i'm totally blanking on his name um um yomer yeah he changed his name from carlos to yomer which i guess his first name was yomer but when he got to the major leagues he figured you know maybe on the well, i guess the baseball cards or something or fans you know carlos just seemed easier and i don't know if that was his middle name or whatever it was but at one point he then switched from carlos back to yomer sanchez and one of the guys in chicago sports radio said he was behind him once at a starbucks and he yomer places his order and of course as the baristas do they're like you know what's your name and he says yomer and the guy looks up at him and says how do you spell that and he says c-a-r-l-o-s <laughs> like, yep <laughs> that hey, confusing i don't know i don't have a name that's hard to get but uh i mean it's people don't you know, they uh, want your information well, i mean i mean it's always confusing whether i need to pronounce both r's or all three all four five twelve yeah what would joe biden do so let's see what else do i have uh i got a story about giphy being purchased by facebook uh i don't have much here other than uh if you've been using it to share uh gif memes and and by the way they they probably they're in silicon valley they probably pronounce it jiffy but frankly that that's the name of a popcorn so i'm going to call it giffy um but if if you're using this site to host your memes just realize that it's uh you know, there, there is, of course, in the press release, there's in, it indicated there will be no change and everything will continue as normal. Expect that to last three more months before uh, some changes come in pretty soon. Uh, you know, to post, you're going to be required to log in with a Facebook account and uh, oh, in, you're going to have to use Facebook's terms of service. And at some point, uh, you know, inst- uh, uploading a, a file is going to require you to install an app because apps are better and then it'll use the facebook api and next thing you know all of your personal information is being sucked off your phone and sent to this website just be aware that 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 shit changed hands and if if you're using it for free anonymous transfer of files maybe look into something else no more conservative memes i'll tell you that uh yeah those are gone the Facebook, we talked about that, the Facebook new Supreme Court, that, that liberal bunch that they are. Um, yeah, I don't know. The whole social media thing is getting more screwed up rather than less. The ramping up of all of the censoring and the editing and the removing, it really, it doesn't bode well for a society that believes they're free. It's anything but. I we're we're told that we're free and because some authority told us that obviously we're required to believe them because otherwise you know we'll we'll get punished i think isn't that how schools work i don't know are there schools anymore i think they were never well, going back I, I don't know when i was a kid um i i was told that we are free to do whatever we want and the first time that i actually tried to test that theory um i i was quickly it was quickly demonstrated that i was not free and we were we were not in a free society we were in a classroom which was a dictatorship by the principal or and the the teacher who was the dictator and the principal who was the enforcer and and i learned very quickly that i the society wasn't as free as i thought it was what did a young ryan bemrose do in school to make him realize freedom was a illusion I don't remember. 
it, it might have been something like walking out during the the pledge of allegiance or something which the pledge of allegiance there's a there's a, a authoritarian uh symbol right there well it's not super authoritarian unless you're required which some places you are uh early on i think it was but uh nationalism that is a nationalism pride look uh it, eh, what a symbol i pledge allegiance no i don't pledge allegiance to a flag because it's a flag it's for one thing it's not going to be ordering me around and if somebody coming to represent the flag decides to order me around i sure as hell want to make my own decisions about what i do rather than just blindly following allegiance that's that's some mind washing going on there you don't know we have ai we could have flags that tell you what to do someday we could actually uh all you really need is a smart screen flag Ooh, well they have like foldable and rollable now so you maybe maybe with some special filters so that when you're wearing sunglasses then it shows you messages like obey tony, john carpenter do a movie about that tony bemrose brother of ryan bemrose is in the troll room he said he's been complaining about the mask because it's uncomfortable and ridiculous well just tell your wife that she doesn't have to make you wear it when you're at home just so she doesn't uh, or see. use the special chloroform flavor yes it smells or, or, really good for three or four seconds yeah or you, you, here's the thing you can get a scented mask by just dipping the mask in whatever flavor you want to consume um i recommend irish whiskey yes and it's also got antiviral properties yes if it's in a bed you know. <laughs> and it makes it makes the mask far less uncomfortable yes and you want to go with the cask strength because that is a yes. higher proof and that will do more for your viral load yes lessening. that that will kill more of your lung tissue i mean virus <laughs> hey whatever works but we have to talk about yeah. uncle joe we do, do we? because this i mean we've seen the memes of joe biden sniffing the hair of women young and old but it yeah, goes dude is a creep it goes even further yes this is something i hadn't heard this was an article on breitbart which was written by uh the secret service um talking about joe biden and it said one of the reasons he was so disliked by the secret service was his creepy habit of stripping down naked in front of female secret service agents to go for a swim something he was doing daily I okay mean, I, I i i gotta know about uh, this uh, hypothetically if if i were in that position what i'd want to know is if i wanted to go for a swim naked which if you haven't done that is extremely liberating it's it's a lot of fun to be uh, uh you know swimming along and and having like the the little streamer running behind you flipping back and forth but um if if he wanted to just to swim naked and he told the agencies like i've got to get naked do you want to wait outside and they didn't what else is he supposed to do well that would be the louis ck method you ask i mean i i'm yeah I, i'm not going to i'm not going to censor myself just because the person's in the room if the person won't leave the room when asked i'm gonna be like I, I, i'll give warnings but then i mean for example the, there was a warning right at the beginning of this show that said i'm ryan bemrose and <laughs> if you didn't heed that warning then you're getting the full bemrose experience right now by listening to the rest of the show 
but I warn people now. Now, if he's like, just, you know, they walk into a room and she's like checking it, looking left, looking right, looking for any dangers. And he drops trowel and is like, Hey, that helicopters are or something. Then, <laughs> yeah. That's not awesome. That's but, not awesome. No, um, <laughs> I don't know if, you know, female agents ever asked not to be assigned to Joe after the show. It doesn't necessarily seem that way. Uh, but this is in a book by Ron Kessler of the Washington Times that uh, just said that they was very pervy. And they said uh, the Secret Service agents said very nice things about the Bushes and the Obamas, that they were very, very nice to the Secret Service agents and Joe a little bit less. So. I mean, Biden is he is one creepy fucker who is senile and decaying on stage every time he goes up in front of the hot lamps. And uh, he has precisely one qualification and one only. And that qualification is enough that there are people out there who are well, admittedly a lot of this is on Twitter where, you know, the, I'm not sure there are people so much as is slightly evolved retards or bots. but yeah, there are people out there who are literally saying, I don't care if Joe Biden raped me. He's not Trump and I'll vote for him. And that is the only qualification he has. That is the only thing. And this, by the way, is also the reason why there is no possible chance that he could win is the only thing he has going for him is he's not Trump. Right. And the, the between the propaganda machine and the insularity of the Democrat Party over the last several years, that is going to get you 30 percent of the vote no matter what, because there are people who are so brain addled that they cannot possibly think anything good about the current president and getting rid of him is is worth it no matter what the cost included in these are some of these governors who've decided that uh destroying the economy is worth trying to make trump look bad but the that's the only thing his entire campaign in in a nutshell is uh not donald trump Right. And and people are okay with this. People are okay, well then he's electable. No, he's not. He he may be It's the ultimate case even of Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah, he may even theoretically be a better president than Trump. But it, no. nobody's saying that. Uh, I don't believe it for a second because um no, well, nobody's saying it. The, the, nobody has given a single qualification other than than he was vice president under who is starting to look like the most corrupt president ever. And also, he's not Donald Trump. His hair is not orange. If Biden gets I, elected in, he will not be. He'll be the president in name only. He will be making zero decisions. Well, OK, so that's that's par for the course. His entire career in that's, politics. That's true. Our, our friend D.C. girl co-host of Smashcast, available on the no agenda stream said uh that she knew secret service agents who worked with obama's children and they said they were quite polite so see there's secret service agents like the people they work for unless it's joe and then uh then a little bit different. Uh, <laughs> unless it's joe right I i'm sure i mean there are people who are likable and people who aren't likable and even when they're on stage spouting platitudes and otherwise lying to you and saying what they think the people want to hear. If you're a decent judge of character, you can usually tell whether or not they're actually a good person. For example, I've heard exactly the same stories regarding secret service about Hillary Clinton. 
um, who uh, I got to admit, uh, being a Democratic candidate for president is starting to correlate really well with being a totally unlikable person. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you know, before, well, before that, they had Obama, who actually was very personable. Um, but before that was John Kerry, another wholly unlikable person. Yeah, that is interesting because Obama, one thing I'll say, he was a really likable guy. I mean, he came across as just a, you know, maybe a little bit. As, as long as you didn't pay attention to what he was doing. Right. Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, that, he came from Chicago and somehow people didn't think he'd be corrupt via Hawaii, via Kenya, via well, I don't even nowhere. But I, I don't. That's why I don't uh, get where, the, wherever the CIA sent him. I don't get from the, the cloning vats. I don't get the Trump hatred. I don't that the people that are like, I can't even see how people speak to him. I mean, uh, Ellen DeGeneres made that mistake of talking to George Bush. And now like, there's nothing but news stories that Ellen DeGeneres is a bitch, which all of a sudden that just just coincidental. I'm sure that just a couple of months ago, the story with her and Bush and people didn't like that. Vince Vaughn was at a game with was it Bush or Trump? It had to be Trump with Vince Vaughn. and Everybody went nuts at that. And it's like, I, I don't get that part. I don't. I have a friend who knows Obama pretty well. And if I had the opportunity to be in a White Sox game, Hawks game, whatever it is, and sit and chat with the guy i wouldn't be like oh dude you're an asshole i'd want to get some information and see what the guy's really like i don't get the people that have a hatred for somebody they don't know i've got an idea about it would you like me to speculate for a few <laughs> you speculate for a few i mean should i put a stopwatch on this sure go ahead speculate <laughs> okay so most of the people who hate trump obviously have never met him and and probably wouldn't care except that they are they hate trump because that's what they've been told by people uh news media celebrities people that they probably shouldn't be trusting to form their opinions but do and for the most part the vast majority of people who hate trump are sheep who are getting it from somebody else now why do uh why do celebrities hate trump well because most of them are uh on on the democrat ticket and they they stew in the the left coast milieu and uh the democrats hate trump and and they want to you know it, it is advantageous to get up and say something controversial if you're a celebrity because it gets your name and face out farther so they definitely have something to get out of it so I, you know you, you don't go up and say actually he's okay and he did this right but i didn't like this so much that doesn't that's not news middle of the road doesn't make sensational so why does a celebrity hate Trump? Because it's trendy. Um, why do the news stations hate Trump? Because their owners uh, have financial interest in tearing him down. That's that's the real problem is uh, the established elites are scared to death that what Trump is doing will catch on and won't die out the moment that he leaves office the you know he he came in with the promise that he was going to drain the swamp and well i don't believe that he has a chance in hell of accomplishing that task uh he's made the swamp very very nervous and if you have a vested interest in the swamp and also happen to no own a news station then you are going to spin up the sizable propaganda machine that you have to tear him down at every possible case um, why do the political elites hate him? Because he's a populist. He doesn't 
care what they think and he's not seeking their approval and effectively he's not playing their game he's not going into the back room and saying uh i'm gonna work with you on this because i know that uh you know that's how things are done in washington he came in and and he's absolutely by by just stewing in that shithole of a city he is being slowly converted into the president that we've seen every single person become and and there's a lot of decisions being made that are truly Washington DC, but he came in with the idea of, uh, no, we're doing things my way or the highway. And if you don't like it, you can pound sand. And that flies in the face of, of 50, 80, hundred years of, of DC politics being about process. And he doesn't care for process. Uh, and then uh, you compound all of this with the very public examples of the fact that he's brash. He says what he believes, uh, or at least he'll, he'll, even if he doesn't believe it, he says it, whether or not it's controversial. Um, he's not terribly political. Um, and he doesn't put up with a lot of bullshit. If you go watch the press conferences, every time somebody comes up and is being disingenuous, he calls them out on it. Maybe not every time. But yeah, that kind of person is an affront to everything about the political establishment in D.C. And would I want to have a beer with him? I can't say that I would like him as a friend, but that's not important. And I really don't care. Um, I am entertained by his antics, which is really the only way that you can possibly watch politics and keep your mind and more importantly, I like the effect that he has on the political establishment because the political establishment have got too corrupt and too cozy and need their feathers ruffled. If for no other reason, then it throws sand in the gears of the machine that has been churning out bad policies for way too long. And sand in the gears means fewer bad policies, which is a win for people who just want to live their lives without having to look over their shoulder every five minutes to see if a cop has figured out which of the seven felonies they've committed in the, you know, this moment. Well, which ones are those? But what we have, I'm not going to list them for me with the presidential election. It's interesting to me and amusing and shows the never Trumpers. And it shows the full Trump derangement syndrome that Trump took so much heat for just an offhanded comment saying when you're a star they let you you can do anything grab them by the pussy you can do anything now that was horrible he never said he actually did it he was just making a point when you're a star you can do yeah, whatever you want to women say, saying what you think without having to self-censor yes now joe biden is actually accused of grabbing a woman so <laughs> But, but that's okay because oh, no it's it's okay because we've suspended the believe all women that we had back during kavanaugh so um at this point tara reed has no credibility because it's biden and this time he's a democrat it's like democrats if you can vote for joe biden and you were pissed by trump saying grab them by the pussy but joe biden is actually accused of doing that thing how just explain it to me i don't get it i want an explanation because it's insanity it really and truly is. It couldn't have worked out better. I mean, it's almost like the Tara Reid thing. I would have believed 
this was planted by a Republican, you know, coming up with this. If we didn't have evidence back from 20 years ago or whatever it was on the Larry King show of her mom calling up and talking about it, because this is literally perfection when it comes to being a slam dunk, except for the fact that, wait, I forgot the media is completely complicit, corrupt, and will never report the story accurately. Have so, you ever heard of, of the wink home internet of things hub? N- no. Is this one of these things that like controls all your smart home devices? That, that is precisely what it does. It, it, you know, the smart home devices started being a thing and one company came out with uh, smart light bulbs and another company came out with smart door locks and another company came out with uh, is smart hand sanitizer or smart blowjobs or whatever it is that the, the internet of things has brought into your home speakers and a, a new industry popped up for devices that would uh, control all of them. Um, and this, this wink device is actually pretty amazing. And, um, yes, I did totally change the subject. I was tired of Biden. Uh, oh, you're a Biden supporter now. I I'm, I'm tired of him. Right. Anyways. Um, so wink is, uh, they, they have integration with, uh, services like nest or Chamberlain or Schlage or Phillips. Uh, um, they, they compete with the Samsung and Google smart home hub. Um, but, they they claim that they have 4 million connected devices and apparently this was uh owned by some rapper i don't know who um black eyed peas it says in the article i i don't follow music so well, who cares old. but black eyed peas have been around for a long time is is that a thing yeah i thought that was a food product they okay. black eyed peas they did hey now it wasn't that them i think okay we we don't need you singing that would get people to either uh, send in money for more or for less or, or yeah. So anyways, um, this is uh, they I, I looked through what they have and there's actually some pretty cool stuff. They've got a they, they have an app, of course, because everybody has an app. Uh, they have a uh, uh, central thing that you can put, uh, you know, kind of like a uh, an echo or something where you can get voice control. So you can say wink, you know, turn on my unlock my door or, or turn on my speakers or you know turn all the lights purple um they have they have an api so you can actually write scripts and then they have uh, a thing in the app where you can put together some really rudimentary scripts like every time i unlock my door then turn on the porch light or something so uh, it kind of neat idea um the thing that uh, the article that came up here, and this, by the way, the reason that I'm bringing it up, because, of course, I can't be totally positive about anything, is they always sold these devices as a buy the device and then you can use the service indefinitely. And somewhere right. along the line, this Silicon Valley company discovered that running servers cost money and they looked at their balance sheet and went, huh, I think our angel investment funds are drying up. We're going to actually have to start charging customers. So they have, uh, they have gone in and put out a blog post that said, uh, at the end of May, all of our existing customers um, are going to have to subscribe to our service for $4.99 a month. And if you don't, then your device is going to quit working. So they're giving them a whole two weeks notice. Yeah. Yeah. So two, two weeks to, uh, you're going to have to sign up uh, for our subscription plan to people who they've already sold a device that was you buy this device and it just works nobody grandfathered in 
No. No, there, there's no grandfathering. There is, is if you don't sign up for our subscription, we're going to shut your shit off. And so the uh, devices are I, useless. Yeah. Huh. Now, I, for me, the real problem is that the devices are useless if they're not connected to the server in the cloud. Uh, that's if, if I'm going to say, I don't, I don't do smart home devices in my house, but if I did and I wanted a central controlling mechanism for them, the technology that I would use would use a server somewhere here in my house right? so that I could control them from that server. The idea that I would want to go plug in a device in my house that in order to control other devices in my house has to go out to the internet to a server ping the server which then sends back commands here just sounds like a security and usability nightmare and even if you're not worried about getting hacked for every command in your house having to do a round trip to the internet um there's always the problem that what if the server goes down because servers go down and that's kind of what's happening here is they're saying we're going to take your server down if you don't pay us which is very similar to the other Internet of Things stories where they say, I'm sorry, but we're going out of business. Um, your shit's going to stop working, which I guess is the alternative, because I, you know, if, if they, they looked at their finances and I, I believe them, they, I don't think they're probably trying to gouge. They're probably looking at this and going, if we don't start charging our customers, we are going to go out of business right. and then our servers are down anyway and all these devices are bricked. Well, yeah. So we might as well offer something that allows them to continue using their devices or the, their devices. I just, I'm, I'm looking at this going, how, how can the, are there customers that are surprised that this was going to happen? I don't know. But back when we were doing, I was doing a lot of reviews for Amazon and getting stuff for free. That was the first thing that I would be giving a negative review because I did a bunch of video camera reviews and the ip type cameras and the minute it was oh we have to go to our server i'm like nope not gonna do it it's it's just it's unbelievable yeah. that people buy into that stuff there the, was the some. red flag for me is always when i have to go to a website and create an account to do something well for me you know, even beyond that if i want to monitor what's going on say in my backyard i have to go to the internet i can't even access the camera locally it's like you're nuts if you're going to use a camera like that, and there's some really yeah. good cheap cameras that just you have their little web and, server inside and you're you control it. And you can keep it from going to the Internet. That's what you want. And, and and I have a server here. So if you've got some kind of special software necessary to operate this thing, that's fine. Create me an open source version that I can download and run on my server and everything is golden or that I can just run a, run on a Raspberry Pi. And we're, we're good. We're happy that. But but having to go to the internet just to make a round trip to operate something else in my house does not sit well with me well yeah you're like uh turn on the lights and like 45 seconds later it's like a lag don't worry it'll be fine Uh, (laughs) yeah i'm sorry the internet must be congested let's go ahead and have this meeting in the dark until it comes back up right because we we can't turn our lights on but yeah people are becoming so reliant on this kind of stuff and installing so much of this stuff in their house because a lot of these companies like you said out of the gate oh it's all free it's going to be awesome buy all of our stuff we'll never charge you a penny and six months later it's yeah. like we miscalculated we were I mean, we relied on the models that the covid guys did 
and we're not gonna be able to do this so well it's it's another example of of bait and switch marketing which uh if you've if you've picked up on is not something that i have a lot of respect for which you know it's exactly the same type of thing as as saying uh you know we will open up the economy just as soon as is the curve is flattened then followed by yeah we'll open up the economy sometime in 2024 when we need to to get your votes for another election or something i not that i'm trying to make this political but it is everything's um, political just anybody who it, it's it's pray that i don't alter the deal further it's it's don't go into be careful whenever you enter into any kind of agreement with somebody who is likely or even able to unilaterally change the terms of the contract after you're already locked in that's dangerous and any of these silicon valley devices that in order for basic functionality have to be connected to a server up in the cloud those are dangerous you just need to be aware that that through no action of your own uh the the people that you signed up for a lifetime usage of can go ahead and uh, i mean even if what they're saying is i'm sorry we ran out of money we have to go out of business they will have the ability to shut your shit off remotely you don't own it no because it relies on their infrastructure for it to work and that's the other thing just avoid that stuff you want stuff that works locally i mean you you may want to buy into a third-party service if you need it that could let you watch your cameras or any of this stuff outside of the house but it should be a place that you could choose different ones so if they go out of business well then you could just bounce it through somebody else like running your own server at any of these places where you can just order you know order up a server put a program on whatever you need um it's about kind of like what we were talking about maybe doing an episode on getting off all the old googles and stuff and doing the things on your own this is just another thing right in that category which is stop relying on companies to take care of stuff that you can handle on your own but everything is political and there was an article from TechCrunch which i want to read to you uh, which is only four paragraphs, but I just thought this was hilarious. And on a couple different levels, it shows how horrible TechCrunch is when it comes to reporting. <laughs> it shows how politically active they want to be, how anti-Trump they are. Because this is a story from TechCrunch, which just made me laugh reading it. On the headline is United States Postal Service reportedly reassessing last mile delivery deals with companies like Amazon. Hard-hitting journalism from TechCrunch. This is something that might be happening, so that's, that's, I mean, really that should be a set off right there, but in a time when package deliveries are more essential than ever, the future of the United States Postal Service is very much in limbo. The President of the United States has waged a one-man war on America's most oh liked government God. agency. <laughs> is the post office really the most liked government agency was there a poll anywhere well i suppose if i had to categorize the ones that i merely distrust versus the ones that i truly loathe i think that the post office would be in the former so i'll allow them that the most liked just because it's not hated as much as some other i mean i guess um sick trump calling it a joke and insisting it raise prices before it receives the manner of bailout the White House has afforded to the airline and other hotel industries. 
like okay i don't necessarily i can't tell if it's the inflammatory language or just the dramatic way that you're reading it, <laughs> it but could be. i you 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 like it i mean it's like what's um it, one it's a government agency so the bailouts to the airlines and the hotels are a little bit different i mean again this is a government agency where the government actually has full control over how it is being run so it's a little different but it continues i, I think trump's i think trump's being a pushover anyway i my opinion about bailouts is no yeah well they're doing it but that's uh you got to you got to rein it in now that you did this Pelosi wants another three trillion, and that's just head shaking. But yeah, uh, well, Pelosi needs to go take a swim during one of those earthquakes. He needs to be taking a swim with naked Joe Biden. I don't know. Maybe that, that is a those really, two deserve each other. Yeah, that's a horrible. Mental but I don't image. want it to, to never ever speak of that again. I don't want that mental image. Yeah, well, if you say it more than once, it's going to stick with you. The article continues: the post office's contract with companies like Amazon have been a particular sore spot for Trump who has had a long-standing beef with CEO Jeff Bezos. Trump has long accused the independent agency of giving the company sweetheart deals, an accusation the USPS has long denied. Well, one, it's very clear the deals they've given Amazon, and we know they are sweetheart deals. They're doing it. They're not, let's put it this way. They're delivering the packages for Amazon and not making a profit. What we call that when you're in business is not doing it well called losing money and when a business loses money do you know what happens to it it closes down it doesn't get to keep doing it but uh, unless it's a government agency which of course or which, which of course can't be closed down because you'll just throw more tax money at it or if it's a business like amazon which is too big to fail and therefore if they get in danger of closing down we'll just throw tax money at it or if it's a sweetheart of some political figure uh, in which case we'll just throw tax money at it. Or if they've got a really successful lobbying firm, in which case, you know, whether they're failing or not, we'll throw tax money at it. But I, I might be ranting on a different topic there. Now, as the Postal Service attempts to reconcile with its future, it has reportedly sought to work with outside consulting firms to reassess its last mile delivery contracts for the company, as well as parcel services like FedEx and UPS. The strategy was reported by the Washington Post. Yeah, they're always good. Citing a half a dozen anonymous sources. I mean, so they got a half a dozen of them. None of them that could actually go on the record, but it gets better. The moves come before Louis DeJoy steps into the role as Postmaster General. DeJoy is a businessman who is a close ally of Trump's, as well as the head of fundraising for the upcoming Republican National Convention in his home state of North Carolina. In short, he's likely not the ideal person to have in charge if you're looking to return the United States Post Office's days as a thriving independent agency. So there was nothing nothing in that article particularly about Trump. There there wasn't I mean they didn't have any quotes from him. They didn't they, how you can tell that a reporter or or blogger in this case is suffering tds uh-huh. is when they tell a story that has absolutely nothing to do with the president and might have something to do with the government that the president is arguably above but not directly in contact with and they make it about trump anyway that is that is a blogger with tds and he ends with neither the united states post office nor the white house have commented on the reports 
<laughs> yeah, I, I just because want, it has nothing to do with them. I just want to know the the line of he's not the ideal person to have in charge. If you're looking to return the post office to its days as a thriving independent agency, how long has it been? since the post office has been a thriving independent agency i don't even think it's uh, within our lifetime two, 247 years at least i mean it's close i mean it might be a little well, less that's 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 how long since the oh no uh wait a minute Con- the constitution was 1789 so you're looking at 231 years that that it has been codified by the founding document of our government as a government agency so not independent it's just insane i wish i knew i'm looking up here if anybody knows when the last time the post office actually made money and didn't have a year in the red i would be very very Uh, curious i I mean the the post office is is also in a a unique position it's kind of a a whipping boy for both political parties and and political football for others because uh you know the during what was it the bush administration i think um they were required by congress um i think uh democrat congress but bush signed it so this is a bipartisan thing to future pay to to pay forward 70 years of their pensions uh never mind that pensions are kind of an antiquated or anachronistic concept anyway and and very few companies and very few places are offering pensions anymore because as people start to live longer, they don't make financial sense. They're really a drain on your budget. But forcing the post office, which is unique amongst all government agencies and indeed amongst all agencies anywhere or, or companies that give out a pension to pay in advance 70 years worth of pensions, that's enough to strain anyone's budget. Yeah. In 2018, it, it, I found an article on The Hill that says in the past year, the post office reported a $2.7 billion loss in one year, $2.7 yeah. billion with a B. Now, lest anybody think that I'm a post office apologist here, is that a thing? If not, it will be on Twitter soon. Um, I, I also want to point out one of the most fundamental things that you just need to know about the post office. And that is as a postal customer, um, you are not actually a customer as as a, a person who happens to have an address, you are not a customer of the post office. You do not pay to receive mail. And therefore, as any as the old adage goes, the one, you know, especially in Silicon Valley, if you are not the customer, you're the product. And in fact, the customers of the post office are anybody who is sending stuff. Um, it, think of that. Th- that is the only thing that you need to know if you've ever wondered why it is you can't keep your mailbox from being constantly filled with garbage spam advertising circulars, it's because that pays the post. Those are the postal customers, the people who want to spam you. The are the ones that want to send you a ballot. The, yeah, the, or the ones who want, who want to uh, admonish you under penalty of law that you have to fill out this survey that tells them your your race and gender preference for the u.s census right and nevada is doing the mail-in voting now for their primary i bet says, they're gonna fuck it up they are red flags are being well, let's put it this way they said there's red flags being uh, sent up all over the place because do you know just like the federal government has sent out a bunch of checks to dead people in the stimulus well so are the ballots going out to dead people and sure uh, 
It says thousands of ballots have been sent out by the Clark County Election Department to inactive voters. Those who have not voted in recent elections, a roster that can include people who have moved or are deceased, and the envelopes are piling up in post office trays outside apartment complexes and on community bulletin boards in and around Las Vegas. So here is what's going to happen with mail-in voting and screw the primary elections because they're all a shit show anyway. But in a real election, can you imagine walking into an apartment building and just like, oh, look, there's like 50 <laughs> ballots right here. I'll just take those and fill them out. No problem. You know, after, after eight, 10 years of, of being all mail-in ballot in Washington, it was only this most recent election that the state ordered the counties to start checking ballots against lists of death records. Oh, is that all, is that all the only amount of time it took them? They, they were right on it. Like, boom, they're in. So, so, uh, you know, Washington is old hat at this, and it should only take another decade for all of these states who are now trying to convert over before they can start working on on reducing the number of dead people voting. Except, of course, in Chicago, where, uh, you know, people who don't exist vote all the time. That's uh, I understand that's normal. Yeah. And in fact, people who vote the wrong way will soon be dead. (laughs) Right. Then they'll vote the right way next time. A postal worker in Clark County named Jenny Tribbiani, which I'm like, is this Joey's sister? I don't know. Friends reference for you. Maybe have never watched friends uh, or you don't have any friends. I don't know, Ryan. But (laughs) she says, yeah. When yeah, letting that one slide. What's going to happen with these things? They're not secured at all. And there are thousands of them just sitting here. This just seems fraudulent to me. Something stinks here. And that's somebody that works for the postal you don't service. Say. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you you don't say, huh? Uh-huh. Gambling? There's gambling going on in Las Vegas? I don't believe that. No, there's vices. People are looking to separate you from your money and your vote obviously in vegas i don't know well it it is pretty obvious especially with all of these states now trying to radically use use the the covid lockdown as an excuse to completely change the voting system usually without any kind of voting involved uh you know everything by governor proclamation it is guaranteed that the election this November is going to be rife with an incredible amount of corruption. So the only question is, which party is going to be able to bring forth enough corruption to swing the vote their way? There's going to be a ridiculous amount of corruption on both sides. So the only thing we've got going for us is that maybe some of it will cancel it out. Maybe if there's equal corruption on both sides, then you get a true vote or something like that. I don't know. It is interesting I, to I me mean, how many isn't. people. I mean, what do you think the percentage of the average Americans out there, especially the ones that have the ability to vote, that understand how the government works, especially in this time of pandemic, where how many do you think understand the governor's? are the gods when it comes down to it of the individual states and not the president in this case they're, Trump. they're not supposed to be but they are because they're the ones in control the federal government I doesn't mean, control the states why, why do we have a, a legislature at all um, which your state yeah, I, I or read, your federal I, I read an interesting bill that uh it was passed without much fanfare um about a year ago 
And I find this to be an outstanding coincidence. The bill is, uh, it, it's called uh, Resolution 5260 in Washington. It passed in April of 2019, um, you know, it, without much fanfare because it didn't seem like it would do much. But what it did was it gave the governor of the state of Washington broad powers in case of a declared emergency to effectively go around the legislature and pass laws by himself, just by fiat. And who is and, the governor in uh, there in Washington again? Uh, Jay fucking Inslee. <laughs> I just want to make sure his name. I just want to make sure his middle name was still the same. Yes. Yes. And we need to make sure that we can't possibly be put on terrestrial radio without the FCC being involved. <laughs> I think there are a lot of people, though, that have no clue what governors do, what the president does and all up and down I, that line. I, I just find it to be a tremendous coincidence that in 2019, this bill gets passed that basically turns him into a, an all powerful dictator who can uh, at, at the just unilaterally decide without even bothering to consult the legislature, let alone the people to institute any unconstitutional change or power that he so desires uh, without any repercussion. All of this was passed only a year ago. And this is something that's going to be looked at by freedom-loving Americans when they go out and vote, if they understand what's going on. I hope so. Because at this point, there's in, in these left coast states, because Inslee is definitely not alone in this, the only possible way that Illinois or Michigan or Washington or California or New York is ever going to uh, open up they, they the four-part plan yeah that that is complete bullshit that's that's pacifying propaganda this state will not open up so long as jay inslee is still in office the only way that we can return to having a non-socialist economy is by voting the motherfucker out now places like michigan they're already looking at trying to recall that that's great um here on the left coast i fear that way too much of our population are either uh sjw millennial sheep or imports from california i don't know i i'm i'm looking at this and i'm thinking that Inslee has a better than even chance of getting reelected this november wow i, I want to know if there's anybody that considers themselves a liberal democrat that was normally before all this an anti-trumper and was going out going yeah trump's a fascist trump's a nazi then watching their states whether it's california michigan and the like and going hey wait a minute these democrats running my state are the ones taking my freedoms not the orange-haired no. guy is anybody no, they are it? not thinking that the type of people who would repeat rhetoric like trump is a fascist nazi do not understand what the term means and more importantly believe that the term can only be applied to republicans because democrats have your best interests in mind oh and like more importantly racism. than that all of their political yeah it is it is exactly that and all of their political opinions are tied up in the idea that uh as long as it benefits me any amount of fascism is okay uh more than that you know, the kind of the same kind of people who, again, if I may stereotype blatantly, um, aren't really thinking 
about anything politics anyway, because they're too scared in their home and afraid of their neighbors and frightened to death of seeing somebody on the street without a face mask on. And that is driving all of their decisions to the point where you they're not going they're not going to they don't have enough higher brain function remaining after all of that fear has paralyzed them in order to make the determination or understand that what the governors are doing is literal fascism is literal dictatorship um but people in a fight or flight response people who are permanently scared don't use higher reasoning they don't apply logic they don't understand what is going on because they they as soon as you're in the the i have to fear for my life mode all of your higher brain functions shut down which by the way is is pretty much um i mean that's well known amongst political propagandists that's why right. we've been scared of terrorism for the last 25 years for the reason why we've been scared of this scared of that every single every three weeks something new to be scared of pops up in the mainstream media hey it's the saul alinsky model you can do your own homework on that one if you don't think there are politicians around the world following that model i mean you're missing all the fun but you know one last note is looking at this covid thing we're about six months into it and we believe it's starting to die down but right now about three hundred thousand deaths around the world are being reported and i get it the numbers may be off one way or the other and maybe massively so but using the numbers we have today even if we assume we're going to have six more months at the same rate which i don't believe we are but we'll err on the side of way more people dead that would be a total worldwide of six hundred thousand people dead and in about an average year on the planet over 52 million people die so how many of those were going to die anyway and how has this really affected a total death rate in the world i we don't know yet but i'm thinking statistically it's not adding all that much what what i'd like to know is uh the statistics on uh global death rate caused by um uptick in suicides right. uh caused by domestic violence uh caused by uh preventable health problems that are were were left to metastasize because nobody was allowed to go near a hospital well, yeah. um cancer yeah, preventable cancer down. deaths yeah and i mean i just got a call today from my retina guy we were supposed to have an appointment at the end of the month. They're pushing it off to the end of next month. Now, I haven't been having any problems. So, you know, knock on wood and, uh, you know, good thoughts and all that because the eye's been stable. Well, both eyes have been stable for the last few years. You know, one doesn't really work anymore. Yeah. But what, what, what's said, unstable is what's between the eyes. Yeah. Right. That's completely unstable is behind in the uh, soft matter of the brain. But, you know, because one eye's really not working, you know, they want to check the one that is. To make sure if you're starting to have any problems, any little retinal holes or anything like that to take care of them. And when these things get pushed back, bad things happen. And it's yeah. going to be interesting to see what the end result is. I mean, the virus may end up killing way less people than the after effects. May. Well, may. I mean, I don't want to speculate. I don't want to be wrong. Like, well, all I, these- I'll do that. <laughs> I'll speculate because wrong. my speculation is pretty fucking accurate here. Uh, and that is that the the number of unreported deaths from 
I, I mean, the, the number of unreported deaths from treatable medical conditions where people weren't allowed to get care for them is probably comparable to the virus deaths alone. Uh, especially if you take the virus deaths and remove all of the, the car accidents where somebody happened to have COVID and then fell out of a plane without a parachute or, or froze to death on a mountaintop or, or was going to get pneumonia anyway because of seasonal flu and happened to catch pneumonia and die. And they called it COVID. Uh, if, if you take away all of the bullshit reporting, I think that the number of preventable deaths by preventing access to normal health care for everybody during this crap uh is probably more and and that's pure speculation and i'm sure that we've got producers who are going to write in and and try to fact check me and all i'm going to say is uh i'm still right because i'm an expert deal with it and you too can be an expert by (laughs) donating to grumpy old bens i pulled out the quote i think it was on random thoughts of you don't need a parachute in order to go skydiving you need a parachute in order to go skydiving twice and these are the kind of little <laughs> bits and pieces that these models kind of missed out on and you know speaking of models i'm just mad but, that uh, i wasn't hanging with adriana lima when lockdown came that would have been yeah that that is unfortunate that is a very unfortunate thing but you too can be if, an if you thought if you think yeah, if you think you'd have a chance with her though then you need to go communicate with the other person who currently is in your house with the lockdown <laughs> well no she's at work now Oh, so oh oh so so you could get away with it right now <laughs> right well for for a few hours until she found out right and then she'd be looking for her six hour nine so, millimeter and it would all go yeah. poorly then i would have to get medical I, I was, attention yes and you wouldn't have access to it <laughs> i mean there is a school of thought that says that that the increased rate of of suicides and the the other preventable deaths that are caused by the lockdown could be considered COVID deaths for the simple reason that if the government weren't overreacting to COVID, these people wouldn't have died. Right. Um, and, and, and by that token, uh, and here's a number that I have a hell of a lot more confidence about, uh, the order of magnitude, more, uh, deaths and suffering and, uh, caused by the coming poverty epidemic that is caused by preventing people from being able to make care for themselves who are living paycheck to paycheck. That is an order of magnitude more than COVID ever could kill. And I have a lot of confidence in that. Yeah. I do not believe you are wrong there, but if you want to be an expert, all it takes is donating to grumpy old Ben's. So you are not a script kitty. And we do have some people to thank for today's show for supporting this little podcast that is grumpy old Ben's. The first is a make good because i can't believe i forgot about this when comic strip blogger sent us some money via bitcoin multiple shows ago i I guess i didn't mention it and uh, he finally called me on did you ever thank me for bitcoin and i was like well yeah i i could have sworn it was the episode that we did when dc girl and sir william came on to talk about the voting but i guess not well i i vaguely recall having heard about that donation but i don't know if it was on a show however i will i will thank you thank you comic strip blogger uh that that was very much appreciated we do thank you for listening to our little podcast and we haven't blocked you so that's we're ahead of like 98 percent of other podcasts with comic strip blogger i like sparring with him he's a he's an interesting dude yeah i'm not sure i say i don't think he's a spook but he might be he says he's not i don't block anybody 
Well, that's because you're not on Twitter, but I, you can I, block. I, do, I have never blocked a single person on Twitter. How about no one's social? Anyone? Uh, no, actually, I don't block people there either. That is a challenge to anybody listening out there. If you can get Sir oh, Pembroke. No, ignore is different from block. Oh, okay. So they won't know they're being ignored. I, I see you're finding you're digging out of that hole pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> nicely done. We also have to thank Lavish, who sent in 20 bucks and said, you boys do good work. I think maybe that went to the wrong show. I don't, I don't know. Um, but we appreciate that. Well, uh, we do. Uh, it doesn't have to be on the show. I mean, somewhere in our, the course of our entire lives, we have to do good work somewhere, right? We are doing good work whatever that may mean. Uh, Keith Von Dyke, again, $10 subscription on the monthly thing. That is much, much, much appreciated. We appreciate the support. And Harry Hamster comes in yet another episode in a row. This may be the most shows in a row anybody's ever donated. And uh, he sent in four bucks with the note that just says services rendered. So now the IRS is going to be wondering what's going on between me and Harry Hamster. Maybe this is a... uh, you know, a prostitution thing or it's just like services rendered seems a little uh seems a little questionable but I'm, i'll back you uh, harry hamson uh, 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 i mean whatever it takes really i ain't proud <laughs> i don't judge both of those things well no one of those things has been proven over and over again and the other is a bald-faced lie but we appreciate everybody. We leave it up. We leave it as an exercise to the reader to determine which is which. Who is reading a podcast? Is somebody transcribing this that I don't know about? I don't know. But if I, you want to, if you want to be a reader, then you're going to have to transcribe it and then read it. That could be work for you. And then we'll see if you really do good work or not. But we thank everybody for helping us keep the lights on, microphones humming and all that other good stuff. We appreciate your support. We appreciate everybody that comes into the troll room available at noagendastream.com while we do these shows live on Fridays at 11 a.m. Central. If you want to donate to the show, it's easy. Grumpyoldbens.com. All of the options are there. Easy to find. You can go via PayPal. Click the little donation button. There is a QR code for Bitcoin. There is a street address if you prefer to use that dirty dirty cash or a check and you can even go over to our patreon site at patreon.com slash grumpy old bens or you can click on the button buy a grumpy old bens t-shirt that supports the show and gives you something cool to go out well let's let's see we don't want to call the people that haven't donated douchebags like no agenda so we're calling them script kitties what do we want to call what's our version of hitting people in the mouth what would be the tech guy version of that? Hacking their system, uh, uh, fingering their uh, bits. What's the uh, uh, I, this this meeting's going too long already? <laughs> Let's go ahead and table that till next meeting. If you Besides, have an idea, then, feel free to reach yeah, out to us. At Darren one of our producers Opens. will come up with something far more brilliant than than I can think of right now. Wiring them in. Well, that could be cold ass. But if you have an idea, send it to me, Darren yeah. at GrumpyOldBenz.com, Ryan at GrumpyOldBenz, and yes, Net Ned, there are Grumpy Old Benz T-shirts. It's the album art, but, you know, we have to work on adding more. I still want to do the one. I know HTML, yeah. how to make love or how to meet ladies. That would be uh, it would be right up the grump. According to Adam and John, we are actually extremely lazy podcasters. We have been using the same album art for 60 plus episodes now. I know because you were like the first thing you said was, I don't really believe in any of that. Uh, we'll just we'll just use the same one. And yet you do that on your other podcast, which means that you want that one to succeed. 
Well, but it's because that's more of a personal touch. I mean, you never know. And we can do different artworks, but now we've kind of it's kind of an A and B test. We've made a brand of one logo and whether that's easier to find, especially with like the green color of the logo. When you go into the podcast apps, usually, you know, that's what sticks out. And to me, I kind of prefer I mean, don't tell Adam, but as far as a convenience thing, if the album art is always the same and it's in a podcast catcher slash app that has a bunch of podcasts, it's way easier to find a show if the artwork's always the same. If we really cared about convenience, I think our our website would at least have enough usability that the first thing you have to do before interacting with it is scroll. Give me convenience or give me death. With that said, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where uh, everything's great. Don't worry about it. You don't need a mask. And from America's left coast, where you don't have to be an expert to be completely and undeniably wrong. I'm Ryan Bimrose. Truth. You've proven that, too.